Even when we're on a budget, we still deserve nice things. Quince is a place to scoop up stunning high-end goods for 50% to 80% less than similar brands. They have buttery soft cashmere sweater starting at $50, luxurious Italian leather bags, and so much more. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. Get the high-end goods you'll love without the high price tag with Quince. Go to quince.com style for free shipping and 365-day returns. I'm Sandra, and I'm just the professional your small business was looking for. But you didn't hire me because you didn't use LinkedIn Jobs. LinkedIn has professionals you can't find anywhere else, including those who aren't actively looking for a new job but might be open to the perfect role, like me. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't visit other leading job sites. So if you're not looking on LinkedIn, you'll miss out on great candidates like Sandra. Start hiring professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash people today. Hello and welcome to Breaking Down Bad Books, a podcast analyzing trashy bestsellers from a literary perspective. And today we're looking at chapter seven of Breaking Dawn, Unexpected. And you know what? It's completely expected because last week we had Bella manipulating her way into a sexual relationship with her husband. And then they were just written like rabbits since Edward discovered that he's not killing her in the process. He's like, well, actually it was quite good. Let's keep doing it. And then she had full on baby brain and she was like, oh my God, everything's so bright. It's so bright out here in Rio. It's so bright in Brazil. And Edward must have the love goggles on because he's just seeing his new wife be a completely different person. And he's just like, yep, that's who I married. And it's like, no, she's eating a million eggs. Maybe something's up, Edward. Maybe figure out that this isn't normal, that she's having like eight dozen eggs every morning. Like, wake the fuck up, guy. Anyway, so then we, <laughs> we pick up, they're still on the holiday. They're still on the honeymoon. And she's having another night terror. She says, the line of black advanced on me through the shroud-like mist. And she could see their dark ruby eyes glinting with desire, lusting for the kill. Blah, blah, blah. It's the Volturi come to attack her in her sleep. And she's having that night terror where she's protecting the child, the gendered child. She's always dreaming about a little baby boy. And that's the thing. She doesn't even know that having a baby is a possibility at this point. She thinks it's outside the realm of possibility. In no world can she conceive with Edward Banginer. And yet, even in these night terrors, she's assuming it's a boy. She can't, she can't even conceive that it might be a girl. What's that about? Even in fantasy land, she can't even think that it might be a girl. What? She's just so obsessed with Edward. She's like, oh, it must look like Edward. Any child of mine has to look like Edward. And it's like, well, that's not really how genetics works, but sure. So the Volturi are advancing and then something happens. A flash happens. And what changes is she now wants them to come. She's like, yeah, fucking bring it, guys. Bring it. She goes, suddenly I was hungry for it. I wanted them to charge. And then she's feeling this bloodlust. And then she's growling. I guess it's a premonition for when she's a vampire. I don't know. Anyway, then she wakes up and she's like, oh, wow, it was just a nightmare. It's like, oh, yuck. And so she's woken up. She's all sweaty. It's the middle of the night. It's steamy hot because they're in Brazil. And apparently Brazil's just always steamy. Oh, and she says, sweat matted my hair at the temples and rolled down my throat. Ugh, gross. And then she's like, where's Edward? Where's my little personal air conditioner unit, Edward? And he's not there. She finds a note on the bed and it says, I'm hoping you won't wake and notice my absence, but if you should, I'll be back very soon. I've just gone to the mainland to hunt. 
Go back to sleep and I'll be here when you wake again. I love you. Okay, you can't hunt on the island. I know you've got chickens. I mean, yeah, if you ate the chickens, what's she gonna eat? Like that might really chip away at her egg reserves, but I mean, surely there's life on this island. You've told me about dolphins. You've told me about parrots. Maybe you don't wanna eat a dolphin, but really, what's the difference between eating a dolphin and eating a mountain lion? We know Edward loves mountain lions. It's like, okay, you're gonna draw the line at mountain lions, but not have dolphins? Or is the blood different in an aquatic animal? Is he a pescatarian? I don't know. But it seems suspicious to me that he has to go out into the bloody Amazon in order to get a good feed. And she sighs. She goes, we'd been here about two weeks now, so I should have been expecting that he would have to leave. But I hadn't been thinking about time. So he's just been starving for two weeks or has he secretly been jaunting out at night while she's been asleep? Or maybe he has been snacking on some chickens and some dolphins. Who knows? And she's like, yeah, I just haven't been thinking about time. We seem to exist outside of time here, just drifting along in a perfect state. A perfect state. I wish I could say the same about the blue room with the bed that you've broken and the white room with all the feathers everywhere. Poor Esme left her holiday house in a perfect state, but she's not going to return to a perfect state, is she? Poor bloody Esme. Also, I don't think it's been that perfect, like in the metaphorical sense. Like she's talking about her relationship, but like they've been fighting quite a bit. She assaulted him in the middle of the night. Uh, mm-hmm. She's had bruises all over her body, but yep, it's been perfect. Absolutely perfect. So now that she's up, she's awake. And she says, though the clock on the dresser said it was after one. Oh, okay, bear with me here. Let's just think about the practicalities of how they furnished this holiday house, right? So they're vampires. They don't need to know the time. And yet they've got a clock radio. They installed a clock radio, but they didn't think about getting air conditioning. And yet they also shipped a whole entire blockbuster into their house so that they'd have every DVD imaginable. And I don't think I mentioned this at the time, but when she first described the other bedroom, it had like a mosquito net. Are mosquitoes high on the list of a vampire's concerns considering they have like unbreakable skin? Would they really begrudge another bloodsucker? Would they? So they said, let's install a mosquito net. Let's install a radio alarm clock for the bedside table. Let's install beds in the first place. They don't even fucking sleep. They had no beds in the Cullen house, but then for some reason, Al Esme's just filled with beds, a variety of beds, a multitude of beds, every bed everywhere all at once. What? And yet they can't, they can't have fans because she's sweating. She's sweating. It's so hot in the middle of the night that she's waking up because a vampire's not there to cuddle her. She's sweating from that steamy, steamy Brazilian heat because no one installed a fan. Yet they have beds, they have chickens. They have chickens. No one's eating those chickens. A whole chicken pen out the side of the house for a place that they visit, what, once every few years? I don't get it. I don't get it. Are they Airbnb-ing it out on the side? Surely they must. Surely they must. (sighs) Anyway, let's move on. So she's going through the house. She's like, oh, it's so big and empty without Edward in it. And then she gets to the kitchen and she's like, you know what? It's one o'clock. I could go a snack. And you know, this is the only way that pregnant Bella's relatable, that she always wants to have a little nosh because non-pregnant Bella, she was never eating, was she? She was always like, oh, I'm too, too distracted to eat. I'll cook Charlie a breakfast, but I'm not going to eat because I'm so worried about my friendship with Jacob, blah, blah, fucking blah. But now that she's pregnant, she's like, I need to eat. It's one o'clock in the morning. It's time for me to have a little midnight snack. So she's finally relatable in that instance. Okay, so she's like, hmm, what to eat, what to eat, what to eat. So she pokes around the fridge and then she finds all the ingredients for fried chicken. Okay, she goes, I poked around the fridge until I found all the ingredients for fried chicken. Like they just jumped out at her. Oh no, they were hiding from her because she had to poke around in the fridge for it. 
And like, what are the ingredients for fried chicken? Chicken, chicken. And I guess a batter, so what, flour? Flour and like milk or egg or some shit? I don't know, but it doesn't seem like it's that complicated. She said, oh, I found all the ingredients for fried chicken. If you'd said you'd found all the ingredients for a jambalaya, I might be impressed. Cause I'd be like, wow, that must be a lot of ingredients. But for fried chicken, it's chicken. And then I'm thinking, is she eating the chickens? Is this a store-bought chicken or is this a home-raised chicken? Anyway, so she starts frying up the chicken. And then she says, it smelled so good while she's cooking it that I started eating it right out of the pan. What? Burning my tongue in the process. What? Yeah, you're pregnant, doll. You're pregnant with a demon spawn because I'm sorry, I've been hungry before, but I've always waited to not eat out of the pan. Okay, so she says she burned her tongue in the process. So you'd think she'd stop. She'd have had a bite and then she would have stopped. No, she says by the fifth or sixth bite though, it had cooled enough for me to taste it. Why'd she keep eating it if it was burning her mouth? What? And then she's tasting it. She's like, ugh, ugh, oh, it's actually quite gross. She goes, I checked the meat and it was white all the way through, but I wondered if it was completely done. And she takes another bite and she chews and she's like, nah, it's gone bad, yuck. And so then she takes the whole plate and she shoves it in the bin because then the smell is revolting to her. And it's like, you're pregnant. And then after that happens, she says, I was abruptly exhausted. What? What do you mean? You're exhausted. You just woke up. You were wide awake a second ago. And now you're tired again. And it's like, okay, go to bed, go to bed. But no, it's too hot in that room. It's too hot in that bedroom. So she has to go lie down in the TV room where there's more windows. Even though I thought this place was so Cullen-esque that all of the walls were windows. Apparently that hot room has like what? One little porthole. Well, Okay, so now she's lying down in the TV room because she's so tired. And then she turns on the movie that they were watching the other day and then she falls asleep to it. Okay, then she wakes up and the sun is halfway up in the sky. So what's that? I don't know, 10 a.m., I don't know. Let's say it's 10 a.m. She's got another good eight or nine hours sleep. You'd think she'd be well rested, but we'll see, because she's pregnant. So Edward's finally back. What he was doing for hours and hours and hours, I do not know. But she's waking up because his arms were pulling her against him which I don't know, implies that he just got there. He could have been there for hours, I guess, and she was asleep and not noticed, but it implies that he just got back at nine or 10 a.m. And yet his note said, hopefully I'm back before you wake up. I'm only gone for a few hours. Well, where you been? Did you get delayed coming back from the Amazon? And so Edward's like, oh my God, I'm so sorry. I forgot about how hot the country of Brazil would be when I'm not in your presence. And I forgot about this room getting all hot and stuffy. I'll have an air conditioner installed before I leave again. So they do have the capacity to install an air conditioner. Don't worry, we got a mosquito net for you, doll. But okay, they only just thought of an air conditioner. Was Alice distracted planning the wedding that she didn't get any visions about the honeymoon? She couldn't have foreseen that maybe Bella would get night sweats. Uh, Anyway, so Ed was just chattering away. And Bella's like, uh, I'll be with you in a sec. And she goes, excuse me. And she gets up and he's like, what? And she's like running for the bathroom with a hand over her mouth and she's vomiting. And he's like, whoa, Bella, what's wrong? And she's like, still vomiting. So she can't answer. (laughs) And then she goes, it was some rancid chicken. I don't think it was rancid chicken, doll. I think you're pregnant with little rename me. And Edward says, are you all right? And it's like, well, no, doll, she's vomiting. From, okay, food poisoning. Let's just go with that theory. She's vomiting up her little guts. And you're like, are you all right? Like, no, she's not all right. And so she's like, you don't need to see this, Edward. Go away. And he's like, no, I'm not going to go away. I'm going to, I'm going to stand here and watch you vomit. And she's like, no, go away. And he goes, not likely, Bella. 
So I guess he just watches her vomit. (laughs) Yuck, the honeymoon's over. (laughs) And then he's like, okay, so food poisoning. And she goes, yeah, I made some chicken last night. It tasted off, so I threw it out, but I did eat a few bites first. Yeah, you ate it while it was cooking in the pan. Yeah, greedy little thing. And he's like, okay, how do you feel now? And she goes, you know what? Pretty good, actually. Uh, Oh, you know what? I'm a little hungry because she hasn't eaten since those few bites of chicken at 1 a.m. But because he's a doctor, he actually makes her wait an hour and have a big glass of water before he gets her some fried eggs. And she says, I felt perfectly normal, just a little tired from being up in the middle of the night. Bitch, you got nine hours. Yeah, you got up at 1 a.m., but you only cooked a bit of fried chicken and then chucked it in the bin and then went to sleep straight away. That was what, 20 minutes? I mean, yeah, you had to hunt around the fridge to find ingredients for fried chicken, but surely you only lost half an hour of sleep and then you slept for nine hours after. And she's like, geez, I'm beat. I'm beat from that little fried chicken excursion in the middle of the night. My thing is like, how does she not twig that something's wrong? Like I get maybe your, your brain isn't gonna go to pregnancy because that's ridiculous. It's a plot hole in and of itself. But wouldn't you think I might be sick? There's a chance I might've caught a bug. But now she's like, yeah, I'm great. Perfectly normal. And then she says they watch some TV. They put on CNN. She says, we'd been so out of touch. World War Three could have broken out and we wouldn't have known. What? You were the mind reading vampire who's just been to the mainland and you wouldn't have known. You wouldn't have, you wouldn't have gotten the heads up about World War Three, would you? And then she gets bored with the news and she's horny. So she's like, I'm going to kiss Edward. And then when she does, she starts to vomit. (laughs) Yuck. If I were Edward, I'd be like, here's the divorce papers. Um, So no, she's vomiting. And he's like, um, maybe we should go back to Rio to see a doctor. And she's like, no, I'm fine. And she shakes her head and she thinks doctors meant needles. Like not always, but it seems like you maybe might need a couple of needles. And she says, no, nah, I'll be fine right after I brush my teeth. Like, okay, yeah, the, the magic cure-all of brushing your teeth. And then she's searching through a first aid kit that Alice had packed for her. And she's looking for some Pepto-Bismol and she's rummaging around. And then she finds this little box that Alice has packed and she thinks, huh, and it's a tampon box. And then she starts doing the math. She starts doing the period counting, which I mean, we've all been there, am I right, sis? And she's like, wait a minute, carry the one subtract the two. And Edward's like, did you just vomit again? And she's like, no, maybe. And he says, can I come into the bathroom please? And she's like, yeah, okay. And so he walks in and she's sitting on the floor and he's like, what the fuck? And because she's an idiot who doesn't understand the concept of time, she goes, how many days has it been since the wedding? She doesn't even know how many days it's been. And he says 17 and she's like, huh, subtract the three plus four, carry the two. And she's like, hmm, we've been here longer than I'd thought. And he's like, Bella, can you feel a bitch in? What are you thinking? What's going on? And she goes, hmm. And she holds up a box of tampons. And he's like, oh my God, (laughs) listen to this. He says, what? Are you trying to pass this illness off as PMS? Oh my God. The most sought after heartthrob, the most admired male character in modern literature, this beacon of chivalry, this gentleman from the 1900s. And she holds up a box of tampons and he's like, oh, what, you got PMS? (laughs) What a prick, what a prick. You can't just, you can't just have someone be sick and just blame it on PMS, Edward. And she goes, no, Edward, my period's five days late. And okay, that shut him up. 
and she says, I don't think I've got food poisoning. She's fully convinced she's pregnant now. I mean, I would be a little bit more confused and shocked considering uh, it's only been a few days since you banged and also he's an undead person. But she's like, yep, I think I'm pregnant. And you know why she thinks that? Because of the dreams. She's like, oh my God, the dreams, the two bright dreams that explains everything. And it's like, what? She goes, sleeping so much, the crying, all that food. Oh, 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 she says, oh, three times. And Edward's just still not saying anything. He's like gone into his mind palace somewhere. He's completely catatonic. And then she goes, oh, I squeaked again. So that's the fourth O, right? That's a lot of O's. And then she's staring at her stomach. She's still in her pajama pants and she's pulling at the waistline and she's looking at her gut and she's like, oh yeah, (laughs) a bit of a bump there. And she goes, impossible. She says, I had absolutely no experience with pregnancy or babies or any part of that world, but I wasn't an idiot, weren't you, Dal? I'd seen enough movies and TV shows to know that this wasn't how it worked. I was only five days late. If I was pregnant, my body wouldn't even have registered that fact. And it's like, yes, because it's a demon in you. And she's like, but look at that. That's a bump. I've got morning sickness. I've got weird eating habits. I must be pregnant. Even though she was just telling us she felt perfectly fine. Now she's like, yeah, I actually have been feeling pretty shit. But then she says, bulge or no bulge, period or no period. And then she puts in brackets. And there was definitely no period. Though I'd never been late a day in my life. I love that we're just getting that bit of intel as well. Just like a little, a little brag in the brackets. <laughs> a little brag just being like, you know what? I've never been late a day in my life. So how about that? How about that? Close bracket. She's like, there's no way I could be pregnant. Oh, and also the only person I'd ever had sex with was a vampire. That's kind of probably the the biggest point in your favor that you're not pregnant. Meanwhile, Edward's still on the floor, (laughs) hasn't said a word. And she's starting to spitball. She's finally thinking, hmm, maybe something's wrong. Maybe I've got a strange South American disease. And yet she still hasn't thought, yeah, let's go to the doctor. (laughs) She's like, yeah, I've probably got a disease. It's nothing to worry about. No, you've got a disease. If that's the case, go to the hospital. And then she remembers that day that she went, <laughs> she went Googling. Remember when Jacob told her that story about the Quill Utes before Jacob even knew that vampires existed, but he told her about the suspicions. And so she went to that website called Vampires A to Z and she did the reading up and she went, oh yeah, Edward's a vampire. <laughs> Remember that montage? Oh my God, it's so funny. So now she's remembering that. And she's remembering a story about a succubus that could impregnate women. <laughs> And she's like, well, Edward must be a succubus. That settles it. It's the only explanation. That or a South American disease I'm not going to get treated for. And she's trying to think it through. She's like, well, vampires can't have children. If it were possible, Rosalie would have found a way by now. So the incubus myth must be nothing but a fable. And then she's like, oh, wait a minute. All the other fables that I wrote about that day have come true. So she's like, my best friend's a werewolf and I'm married to a vampire. So even if it's a myth, it might still be real. And then she goes, well, actually. Rosalie couldn't conceive a child because she was frozen in the state in which she passed from human to inhuman, totally unchanging, and human women's bodies had to change to bear children. Okay, thanks for that biology lesson, Steph. The constant change of a monthly cycle, for one thing. Okay. Rosalie's body couldn't change, but mine could, mine did. And so she's like, well, that must explain it. That must explain it. And then she goes, and human men... Well, they pretty much stayed the same from puberty to death. Uh, I I don't know if that's accurate, Steph slash Bella. I've certainly got some gray hairs in my beard that weren't there just a few years ago, Bells. 
I hate to say it, but my body's not been the same since puberty to death, Bells. It's, it's not on that trajectory. And she says, Charlie Chaplin was in his 70s when he fathered his youngest child. Okay. Men had no such thing as childbearing years or cycles of fertility. That's not exactly accurate. That's not exactly accurate. She's just lumping everyone into the Charlie Chaplin's experience of all people. You know, some men can be infertile. Sperm counts get lower. Depends if you wear boxes or briefs, you know? But no, she's basing all of this conjecture on Charlie Chaplin, which is just something I never thought I would have read in, in the book Breaking Dawn, but here we are. Planning for your next trip? Elevate your travel style with Quince. Quince has all the jet-setting essentials you'll want for your next getaway, like European linen, premium luggage options, buttery soft Italian leather bags, and so much more and is all priced at 50 to 80% less than similar brands. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe and ethical manufacturing practices. Pack your bags with high-quality essentials you'll be wearing for vacations to come with Quince. Go to quince.com slash pack for free shipping and 365-day returns. Hiring for your small business? If you're not looking for professionals on LinkedIn, you're looking in the wrong place. That's like looking for your car keys in a fish tank. LinkedIn helps you hire professionals you can't find anywhere else. Even those who aren't actively searching for a new job, but might be open to the perfect role. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't even visit other leading job sites. So start looking in the right place. With LinkedIn, you can hire professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash people today. Hey, Dave. Yeah, Randy. Since we founded Bombas, we've always said our socks, underwear, and T-shirts are super soft. Any new ideas? Maybe sublimely soft. Or disgustingly cozy. Wait, what? I got it. Bombas. Absurdly comfortable essentials for yourself. And for those facing homelessness. Because one purchased equals one donated. Wow, did we just write an ad? Yes. Bombas. Big comfort for everyone. Go to bombas.com slash ACAST and use code ACAST for 20% off your first purchase. Millions of people have lost weight with personalized plans from Noom. Like Evan, who can't stand salads and still lost 50 pounds. Salads generally for most people are the easy button, right? For me, that wasn't an option. I never really was a salad guy. That's just not who I am. But Noom worked for me. Get your personalized plan today at Noom.com. Real Noom user compensated to provide their story. In four weeks, the typical Noom user can expect to lose one to two pounds per week. Individual results may vary. And she says, of course, how would anyone know if vampire men could father children when their partners were not able? What vampire on earth would have the restraint necessary to test that theory with a human woman? Maybe lots. She thinks Edward's so special. She's like, only Edward would have sex with a human woman and not kill her. It's like, well, I don't know. She's riding that idea that, yeah, sex leads to death. (laughs) (laughs) Stephanie was pushing that real hard, even though it's just been debunked. And we had also spitballed ideas the other week about how she could be on top, et cetera, et cetera. So there's workarounds, but she's like, nope, sex means death. So this has never happened before. I must be the first human woman to have ever survived sex with a vampire. Which, like, oh my God, it's wild. If she thinks that's true, why did she risk having sex in the first place? I don't get it. And she's like, no, nah, but that must explain it. Edward's got the inclination to knock a girl up. And yet we're not, we're not going back to the whole vampire's bodies being frozen thing. She said a vampire's body is frozen from the moment they go from human to inhuman. And so what we're led to believe that a little bit of sperm 
was just has just been dangling on the tip of Edward's dick for a hundred years. What? What? I mean, I've heard of freezing your sperm, but this is ridiculous. All this time, Edward's just been a walking sperm bank, and we didn't know it. <laughs> How? And the other thing is, I don't. Okay, let's get it. Let's get into the weeds. Skip ahead if you're not interested in theorizing this, but do vampires produce ejaculate? That's, that's the question. I'm probably led to believe that they don't. There must be tapped reserves or something. So when Emma and Rosalie are, are going to pound town, because you know, they do that. They, they, Emma suggested to us that they do have sex all the time. Is he shooting blanks? Like, is he having like a, an empty orgasm? Just shooting out a puff of vapor? Like what's, What's going on? Has he tapped out? Has he tapped out? And so then it's like, okay, okay. If that's the case, has Edward not ejaculated in a hundred years? And like, I get that he was all sad and mopey when we met him, but he's gone through decades and decades and decades of life being a vampire. And he never once had a wank. Never once had a wank. He used to kill serial killers. Remember that? Remember how he like admitted that he used to kill serial killers? Never innocent people, just serial killers. And it's like, okay, we'll believe that. But you also never had a wank. You never got bored and jacked it. Even though you don't go to sleep, you've got nothing else to fill your days. Or they do produce ejaculate, which is crazy because I just was told that the vampire female bodies don't change, but there's some way for the vampire boys to just produce sperm. I don't get it. But anyway, okay, so she's thought all that through and she's like, well, I'm convinced I'm pregnant. <laughs> and so she's got her hand on her belly and she feels a little nudge bump her hand from inside her body which is terrifying. If that were me, I'd be running screaming saying, take me to the doctors, take me to the hospital and get this thing out of me. But she, because she's Bella and she loves falling in love with little demons. She's like, aw. And she starts, she starts picturing like her life with a child. She says, everything changed. Everything changed in that moment. She's never met a monster she couldn't love. And then in that exact same moment, Edward's phone rang. And that's Alice because Alice has gotten a vision. Finally, I don't know if there was just like a delay in the telecommunication system from Brazil to America. Was the reception bad in Ilesme or something? I don't know. But she finally got the heads up that a baby's being conceived. So she's ringing Edward's phone and Edward's still catatonic. He's still doing the period math in his head. And she's like, are you going to answer that? And he's not answering. He's not answering her. He's not answering the phone. And so then she's like... I'll get it. So she gets the phone and she goes, oh, hi, Alice. And she's like, Bella, Bella, are you okay? And she's like, yeah, I'm fine. (laughs) Just playing so cash. And she goes, is um, uh, Carlisle there? And she's like, yeah, he is. What's going on? She goes, oh, you know what? I'm not too sure, but it would be nice to speak to Carlisle. And Alice is like, is Edward okay? Why is he not picking up the phone? I mean, shouldn't she know if he's there or not? I don't know why Alice is acting like she's the most bamboozled one. And Alice goes, Bella, what's going on? I just saw. And Bella goes, what did you see? What did you see? And then she goes, "Mm, here's Carlisle. So she doesn't answer because it must be pretty freaking crazy what she saw and she doesn't want to say. And then Carlisle's like, oh, hey, Bella. And she's like, oh, hey. um, So uh, I'm a bit worried about Edward. Um, Can vampires go into shock? And Carlisle's like, well, what's wrong with him? Has he been harmed? And she's like, nah, just taken by surprise. She's really burying the lead here. She finally got on the phone with Carlisle and she's asking about whether vampires can go into shock. No, ask if vampires can knock people up. That's the question. Is my human body going to be able to uh, handle this demon spawn inside of me? And that's the other thing. Okay, so she's got an accelerated pregnancy, right? How? 
I get that vampires are a different species, and yet they were human. They look like humans. They have human anatomy, and they're frozen in time. They don't age at all. So why would a half vampire baby be aging rapidly? It should be aging less, at, at, at like half speed. It shouldn't be possible at all, really, but I just don't know why it's an accelerated pregnancy. That doesn't make any sense. Is it just to fit Stephanie's timeline of the narrative? She didn't have time to waste nine months. So she said, let's speed this bitch up. It'll be a demon spawn baby that just hurries up. And so Carlisle's like, um, yeah, I don't know what you're talking about. Yeah, Edward's in shock. Like, who cares? And she goes, oh, and by the way, I think I'm pregnant. (laughs) And he's like, what? And he says, well, when was the first day of your last menstrual cycle? Like, oh my God, just say period, Carlisle. And she says, 16 days before the wedding. And he's like, okay, how do you feel? And she's like, pretty weird, actually. But I'm having these bizarre dreams. Everything's bright. I'm eating all the time. I'm crying. I'm throwing up. And yeah, I also feel like something just moved inside of me. Again, you're burying the lead. Wouldn't you start with that? Like, oh, there's this bump in my belly that keeps nudging me. Instead, she's like, well, I had these weird dreams about a vampire baby. Um, the colors of Rio are just spectacular. Been eating lots of eggs, had some rancid chicken. It's like, no, talk about the belly bumping around. Oh, she's stupid. Meanwhile, Edward can hear her and he's like, what? And she sighs in relief because Edward has finally moved because she's such an idiot. Her priorities are so weird. And then she goes, oh, I think Edward wants to talk to you. And Carlisle's like, yeah, put him on then. (laughs) No one's got any patience for Bella right now. It's so funny. And so we don't hear the rest of the conversation, but we hear Edward ask, is it possible? And then, and Bella. And he says, yes, yes, I will. Then they hang up. And she's like, what do you say? And she goes, nothing. He thinks you're pregnant. And then he starts dialing someone else. And she's like, who are you calling now? And he goes, the airport dummy. We got to go home. And she's like, huh. And so then she tells us Edward was on the phone for more than an hour without a break because it's really hard to book flights these days, apparently. We just, we just forgot about the internet, but we're just, yeah, booking flights over the phone. And she doesn't know what's going on because he's speaking in Portuguese and she doesn't speak Portuguese. And he's also packing while he's on the phone, just whipping around, throwing shit into suitcases, well, steamer trunks. And she's like, oh, I gotta get away from him. So she goes into the kitchen and she just starts noshing on some pretzels. <laughs> And then she says, someone nudged me. And I thought like someone had come up to her and pushed her over. But no, she's, she's referring to the baby as being someone nudging her. And she goes, I know, I don't want to go either. So she doesn't want to leave. She doesn't want to leave? What? Why would you not want to leave? Back in Forks, there is someone that's not only an ancient vampire, but also a doctor of human bodies, of human medicine. And you don't want to go to that person. <laughs> There's no one more qualified in the world to help you out right now, except for Carlisle. And she's like, I'd really like to stay in Isle Esme for a few more days to swim with dolphins. Get your shit together, bitch. And then she says to herself, I don't understand. What is wrong here? Uh Uh-oh. She's drunk the baby Kool-Aid. She goes, surprising. Absolutely. Astonishing even, but wrong. Nah, nothing's wrong. Why is Edward so furious? And then she's like, let me think it through. Why would Edward be having a reaction to this demon spawning my baby? She's she's flummoxed. She's flummoxed. She doesn't thought that it might be a crime against nature in her stomach, but she's like, hmm, what could be wrong? And so she thinks, hmm, maybe it wasn't so confusing that Edward wanted us to go home right away. He wanted Carlisle to check me out. Like, nada. She goes, maybe they would want to find out why I was so pregnant, you know, with the bump nudging me and everything. So... I guess that's not normal. And then she goes, oh, he must be worried about the baby. (laughs) Have you ever met anyone more naive? She goes, oh, that's right. 
I hadn't started freaking out yet because my brain worked slower than his. Again, I don't know if it does. He can read other people's thoughts. He moves quickly. He's got heightened senses, but does his brain work faster than yours? I mean, in this case, yes, but I don't know as a rule if that's correct. And she's like, yeah, he must be worried about the future of the child. And then she's picturing the kid. She's picturing the kid looking like a little mini Edward with Edward's face. She's like, oh, I hope it looks like Edward and not like me. (laughs) So you hope it's a vampire. She hopes the vampire genes (laughs) outweigh the human genes. She's so stupid. She's so insecure with her own looks that she... (laughs) That she would prefer a little vampire baby (laughs) to a human. Oh, she's so stupid. And then she's telling us how much she loves the child. She's in love with it. She's like, oh, I didn't know I had enough room in my heart, but my heart has expanded to feel love for this kid. This increase in love is almost dizzying, blah, blah, blah. She now gets it. She's like, oh, now I get why Rosalie wanted the baby. She says, I didn't really get children before. Children in the abstract had never appealed to me. They seemed to be loud creatures, often dripping some form of goo. I'd never had much to do with them. And then she says, when I dreamed of Renee providing me with a brother, I'd always imagined an older brother. What? She's the firstborn and she dreamed of Renee giving her a brother and she assumed the brother would be, would be older than her. I guess that would work if, if Renee had adopted, but, but, but Renee hasn't adopted. What's she talking about? I'd always wanted Renee to give birth to an older brother. Uh, What? Anyway, now that this child is Edward's child, because it's got a connection to Edward, she really loves it. She goes, yep, it's not a choice. It's a necessity. She says, maybe I just had a really bad imagination. (laughs) Maybe that was why I'd been unable to imagine that I would like being married until I was and unable to see that I would want a baby until after one was already coming. She's constantly negging herself, isn't she? Just in the past two pages, she's like, hope the baby doesn't look like me. (laughs) And then she's like, I'm an idiot. (laughs) My brain works slower than Edward's. And also my imagination is shit. She's just really talking herself down. And that's my job, Bells. I hate you enough for the both of us. You don't need to be mean to yourself. So anyway, she's like, yep, Edward must be worried about the safety of the baby. That all makes sense. What? What? She does have a lack of imagination. (laughs) She's so stupid. And so then Edward catches a glimpse of her and she's crying and he's like, oh my God, Bella, what's wrong? And she goes, it's fine. It's fine. And he goes, don't worry. We'll be home in 16 hours. You'll be fine. Carlisle will be ready when we get there. We'll take care of this. You'll be fine. You'll be fine. And she goes, wait a minute. What do you mean take care of this? Which is, I, I, I guess, abortion innuendo? And he says, well, we're going to get that thing out of you before it can hurt any part of you. Don't be scared. I won't let it hurt you. And she's like, "Ah, that thing. (laughs) That's the thing she picks up on. She's like, oh, don't call it a thing. You can threaten to to rip it out of my womb, but don't call it a thing. Meanwhile, she's calling it the nudge and the bump, (laughs) but don't call it a thing. And then before we can even get into that storyline, Gustavo's coming towards the house and Edward's like, oh my God, I forgot about Gustavo. And so he darts out of the room to fob Gustavo off. And she goes, oh my God, I can't believe Edward had just called my little nudger a thing. It's like, okay, you just called it a little nudger, a little nudger. She's like, oh my God, he said Carlisle would get it out. No, she's saying out loud. She goes, no. She's like, oh, wait a minute. He doesn't care about the baby at all. He wants to hurt the baby. (laughs) Yeah. And I know she's still got baby brain, right? 
I get that little regurgitation is warping her mind. She's exerting some sort of power through the womb that's making Bella think irrationally and go into like protection overdrive. Like I, I, I think I remember that being a plot point, but still reading it now, I'm like, is she, is she full quid, mate? <laughs> like, is she, <laughs> is she being for serious? Because now she's like, oh my God, my pretty baby. <laughs> I need to protect my pretty baby. And she's picturing this pretty baby crying and her weak arms are not enough to protect him. I don't know what she's thinking. Like, like I'm, I'm assuming that Edmund and Carlisle want to perform an abortion. And yet she's visualizing it with the baby crying and everything. And it's like, well, the baby's not, the baby's not born yet, Bella. They're not going to kill the baby once it's out. I think the whole point of trying to minimize harm to your human body is to get rid of it earlier than that. And she's like, no, nah, I'm not going to let them kill that screaming baby. And it's like, well, oh, it's not going to be screaming. And then she's thinking, oh my God, does this explain Alice's silence on the phone? Did she see this happening? She goes, Edward and Carlisle killing that pale, perfect child before he could live. Like, how do you know it's pale? It's, like, it's just a little fetus at the moment. And she's already calling it pale. Like, they're not going to kill it once it's born. <laughs> what is, I don't know. There's a lot of like anti-abortion rhetoric in this book. The Mormonism is jumping out, jumping, jumping. And she hears Edward arguing in Portuguese. And then she hears Quare's voice. Remember Quare? Wasn't she a hoot last week? Well, she's back. And so Edward comes in and he's like, oh, Quare's insisting on leaving the food that she brought. She made us dinner. She really just wants to see if I haven't killed you yet. And he says, yet. <laughs> and so then Quare, she pokes around the corner and she's holding like a little casserole dish. And she goes, I wished I could speak Portuguese or that my Spanish was less rudimentary so that I could try to thank this woman who had dared to anger a vampire just to check on me. It's like, okay, she speaks Portuguese. She doesn't speak Spanish. I mean, Quare may speak Spanish, but you don't know that. And she's like, oh, I wish I knew more Spanish so I could thank this Portuguese speaker. (laughs) She's like, oh, why is my Spanish so limited? If I could... If I could change one thing about me so I could speak more fluent Spanish so I can half communicate with this Portuguese woman. So Quare's given her the once over being like, oh yeah, she's still human, but something's up. Meanwhile, Edward's snapping at her in Portuguese being like, okay, now you can fuck off, doll, I assume. And the smell of the casserole, she goes, oh, it smells strong like onions and fish. So she's gagging. Then she's vomiting in the kitchen sink. God, what a scene. Then Edward's running cold water on her face and then the nudge is nudging her in the womb. She goes, there was a tentative little nudge in my womb. And she's thinking, it's okay. We're okay, I thought, toward the bump. Meanwhile, Quare's still there, still watching all of this, more spooked than ever. And she's staring at Bella's belly. And then Edward jumps between the two of them and Quare's shouting at Edward. She says loudly, furiously, her unintelligible words flying across the room like knives. Like, okay, she's speaking Portuguese. I think it's a bit rude to say it's unintelligible. Just because you doesn't speak the language doesn't make, doesn't make it unintelligible. It just seems rude. So I presume she's like, oh my God, demon spawn, demon spawn, demon spawn, get rid of it. And then Edward's still screaming back at her, but she thinks he's not speaking Portuguese anymore. It's more guttural. The sound was different. The cadence was different. And she says they're talking in this alien tongue. Again, I don't think it's an alien tongue. I don't know what they're talking, but I don't think it's alien. I don't know what they're talking about. But then Quare, she's like making a motion like a balloon jutting out from her stomach because she's like, uh, yeah, Prague is. And Bella thinks, oh, 
Oh, did her legends of predatory blood drinkers include this sort of a thing? Or, or maybe she's just been on the A to Z of vampires website that you were on. <laughs> so then Quare's coming up. She's like, let me get a look at this. And she's asking questions. Edward's answering. Bella doesn't know what the fuck's going on because she doesn't speak Portuguese slash Spanish. <laughs> and, then, and then she puts her hand on Bella's belly and she says, mort. And Bella goes, oh, no. I knew enough Spanish for that one. Again, it's Portuguese, Bella. I knew enough Spanish to understand that Portuguese word. She's so fucking Oh my God. And so Quare, she just says, mort, with a hand on her stomach. And then she turns around, she walks out of the room. She sashays away. What a, what a great exit line. Mort. And then she's off. And Edward's like, mm, that's, that was probably what I was thinking. And so then Bella's like, oh, well, that was something. And she goes off to the bathroom and Edward's like, what the fuck are you doing? She's like, I got to brush my teeth. I just threw up. I got to brush my teeth. And he's like, I've packed the toothbrush. And she's like, well, get it for me. So then she brushes her teeth and she's like, oh, we're leaving soon. And he's like, yes, bitch. I've been on the, on the phone with the airline for an hour. And so then she goes, hey, Edward, um, could you go and pack some food, you know, in case I get hungry again on the boat ride? And he goes, yeah, of course. Okay, I'll be right back. Don't worry. This will all be over soon. And she's like, thanks. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm, mm-hmm. And so that was just like to distract Edward. She sent him off on a little task in the kitchen, which is what, in the next room, down the hall a bit. <laughs> but she thinks that's enough <laughs> to get the jump on this vampire with the superhuman hearing. <laughs> and so, so she grabs his phone that he'd left out and then she gets the phone and she's like, it's not like Edward to forget things and leave things lying around, but I guess the baby has made him all anxious. And so she whips out the phone. She finds the number she wants and the voice answers hello. And she goes, Rosalie, it's Bella, please. You have to help me. So she's hatched a plan to get Rosalie on her side to protect her from Edward and Cullen who want to abort the baby. It's all going on. And she's also having this conversation with Rosalie in the bathroom and Edward's in the kitchen and she thinks she, <laughs> and she thinks he can't hear. Oh my God. Anyway, that's the end of the chapter. And the end of book one and then we go to Jacob's perspective. Oh boy, strap yourselves in. God. Oh God, strap yourselves in. As annoying as Bella was, I might regret looking forward to hearing from Jacob. So yeah, lots, lots happening. Oh my God, that first book just flew, didn't it? It flew. So I'll see you guys next week for the start of book two, which is Jacob. Okay, be prepared, folks. All right, bye. Send your burning thoughts, frustrations, and grievances on this latest chapter of this shitty book to breakingdownpod at gmail.com or on Twitter at podbreakingdown and Instagram at breakingdownbadbooks. You can visit www.breakingdownbadbooks.com for all the listen links, contact information, merch, and more. To support the show on Patreon and gain access to exclusive ad-free bonus episodes, visit patreon.com slash breakingdownbadbooks. Ratings and reviews on your preferred podcast platform are also a fun, free way to support the show. Breaking Down Bad Books is hosted by me, Nathan Brown, who you can follow on Instagram and Twitter at NathanBrown90. Thanks for listening and happy reading. Planning for your next trip? Elevate your travel style with Quince. Quince has all the jet-setting essentials you'll want for your next getaway, like European linen, premium luggage options, buttery soft Italian leather bags, and so much more. And it's all priced at 50 to 80% less than similar brands. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe and ethical manufacturing practices. 
Pack your bags with high-quality essentials you'll be wearing for vacations to come with Quince. Go to quince.com slash pack for free shipping and 365-day returns.